2: Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. If you want to find out more information, yeah, please go find out um, at the thedrpatshow.com or transformationtalkradio.com. You know, today uh, it is, first of all, it's a follow-up to the previous hour we just did, but it's also a conversation about one of the most, I think, Uh, kept secrets in families, and you just heard me share about my family, Um, but what is it that we can learn from those that have moved on today? Joseph Gellenberger joining me here today. It's actually Dr. Joseph Gellenberger, who's written a fabulous book. He's got some incredible CDs, and we're talking about Heaven is for Healing, A Soul's Journey After Suicide. Um, and, you know, what is it that we've come to believe? What are the myths around this? And why is suicide, as many of us know in our family, why, why has it been kept such a deep, deep dark secret? Well, joining me today, uh, Dr. Joe is clinical psychologist with over 30 years' experience as a therapist. And, you know, in 1992... He began to investigate something very interesting, and you're going to hear him talk about it. But what is it that we now know, those of us that have stepped out into the psychology world, what are we now discovering about energy and consciousness? You know, what is it that's bringing the conversation now to the forefront so we get to look at healing and manifestation in a different way? And how about when we take it to a scientific level? We take it to a scientific level and we get to look at what we've learned about healing, about the soul's journey. We get to hear about what happens when we go through the loss. And what more importantly, what is it that we now know about the energy of creation and consciousness. Well, Dr. Joe has done all of the above. And when we look at what he's done, when we understand what he studied, when we understand what he's bringing to the forefront, then we can have a sense of what's possible as well in our own lives. Uh, Dr. Golenberg, it's great to have you here.
1: Welcome to the show. Thank you, Pat, Dr. Pat. It's my pleasure
2: to be on the show with you. And, yeah, Dr. Gallenberg, rather. Yeah, I've had you on the show before, and I know we've talked before, um, but what I'm really struck by is the conversation that seems to be coming to the forefront in in modern day and age. Um, Maybe it's because the number of suicides are so high Maybe it's because we're not keeping them a secret anymore. Certainly, my mother's death was a secret, uh, and the only way I knew about it was my stepmom kept some letters from her to my dad. What is your journey? What has it been life like for you? And what is it about the darkness of this that is calling you forth to shed a little light
1: I guess I'll start with the, the last part of the question. Uh, when my brother committed suicide, which is about 25 years ago now, um, I uh, got the call from the police, and then I had to call my parents. and uh, It was one of the harder calls I've made in my life, of course, to tell my mom and dad that their son had died. Um, and my mom immediately, I could hear her start keening and grief and, Besides losing her son, she had to face, in her religious belief as Catholic, that now his soul would be in hell for all eternity. Um, that's, uh, that's that heavy, dark side you were talking about. And as I looked in research for the book, it looks like even in Roman times, people's families would be put in prison, their product, uh, property would be confiscated. That continued into the Middle Ages. Uh I was down on a ghost tour in New Orleans, and the uh, tour guide said uh, when somebody suicided back, I think this the 1700s in New Orleans, mm-hmm. uh, they would torture the body and eventually throw it to the alligators. Uh, oh. So it would be uh, be able to be ter- tormented by spirits for all eternity since that was on consecrated ground. Right. So have this very, uh, you know, suicide can be a bad thing. Which it, it is, but we—I we, think we can begin to give up this idea of all eternity. There's punishment and those kind of things after an act like that. Um, Pat, suicide covers a big range from I have two weeks to live with yeah. terminal cancer pain to unfortunately this kind. Yeah. Of, I think last week we had an eight-year-old commit suicide after he was bullied. Um, yeah. So impulsive acts like that that. If the person just hung around for a couple months, it, that things would look different to more like my brother's case. I don't know about your mom, but he had been under grinding depression and physical pain and difficulty in life for decades before finally getting too tired to go on. So uh, one thing we got to be careful is not to make blanket judgments and probably not judge at all because we don't know from Earth perspective what really was going on.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, for me, uh, I can certainly read a few letters uh, that my mom left and have a better sense of it, but we don't know. You know, we don't know. And, you know, you have, you take us on a journey in in this book. You take us through uh, years of storytelling um, and at the same time there are many many people that don't have the the backstories that they wish they had but you know the thing i loved about what you said and i think it's really one of the most important things uh, in this day and age is let us please withhold judgment you know let us please you know withhold what we think about what um you know to 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 the the point you made about the the 8 year old I mean we still had you know a contingency of lawmakers in this country that didn't think bullying was a big thing that basically we should just learn how to handle ourselves and I think we're fine you know you, you and I with our background in psychology I think we know better I think we know better but what is it that is the basis for these judgment is it religious is it spiritual You know, what is the basis for our judgment about suicide?
1: I think, you know, it's probably in society's interest to discourage because it can be an impulsive act. It can be an act where another month or two things might look differently. Um, But, uh, you know, I want to really accent this judgment part in that it seemed like my brother Pete came into this incarnation, if you will not believing love exists and he left knowing love was real Mm -hmm. from a spiritual basis that was a great victory and so we you know we judge things on the surface that's where we go wrong and also he felt as many people when they commit suicide do that he did not have much value left for other people the world would be better off without him if you will and yet uh he died in Las Vegas. He'd, been, he'd lived there for about two years. We put just a small one-column a bit in that paper, one inch, because uh, we were out, out east. And people who were bank tellers and grocery store clerks uh, sought us out and found us just to write letters about how much he meant to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. So he, it, we, we don't in our lives, really know what's going on at a deep spiritual level for a person, even sometimes for ourselves, what our own impact really is. So if we can take the judgment out and substitute great compassion, I think we would be better off. And that's what I found when I I, uh, connected with him initially after his death. First first of all, one of the big signs he sent first was like a street sign saying, uh, gavel with the line through it saying no judgment. He was so relieved not to be taken to judgment. <clears throat> and, uh, as I picked up the, uh, connections with him 20, 25 years later, uh, the waves of compassion to the families who have to go through this and to the person who has exited prematurely, uh, from the other side, the waves of compassion are just incredible. Uh, You still have to, you know, they have kind of emergency repair after uh, a death like that. But everything is lined up that eventually you can uh, look at and face what you need to face and continue your growth as a spirit. Um, So if there's any hell, it's kind of the hellish thoughts we could uh, put ourselves in, much like we can when we're living, uh, where we feel... You know, there is no light. We have no value. We're guilty. Those kind of things. Yeah. Um, but it's not imposed by a, a god or something on the outside.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to share today, and certainly do a beautiful job uh, in the book of you know your connection with your brother, and you know what that connection was about, and how healing. That must have been uh, for both of you. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, uh, Dr. Joe is going to take us on a journey, a soul's journey, a soul's journey after suicide. You know, what is it after 20 years now, you know, what is it that called Dr. Joe to really look at this, connect with Peter, you know, this two decade journey on the other side Um, and how it has become healing through love. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Treat the body and expand the soul on June 1st with Lynn Brown. Imagine three days in a hand-built log home nestled in the Cascade Mountain. Activate the collaboration between the body and spirit and allow the accelerated connection as one of the most powerful ways to light up your cells, honor the body's needs in this all-inclusive event. Visit lynnmbrown.com or call
0: 206-931-7356. Introducing the Lucid Planet, a digital gathering place featuring cutting-edge, high vibrational content that will empower and inspire you to become the greatest version of yourself. Visit the Lucid Planet today to stimulate your mind, body, and soul as you connect with a global community of like-minded people. The Lucid Planet is edited by renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly Neff, who is here to help you cope with anxiety, connect to your higher purpose, uncover your true passions, and live your dreams. Dr. Kelly's fresh, compassionate perspective emphasizes growth, transformation, healing, and thriving. Even in the face of adversity, say goodbye to bad news and low vibrational media for good and become part of the larger collective of people working together to navigate the global shift of consciousness and transform the world from within. Join the planet, the Lucid Planet. Visit thelucidplanet.com. Welcome home.
3: Tune in to The Psychic Professor's Show, The Voices of Spirit Radio, with international medium and spirit artist Dr. Susan Barnes on Transformation Talk Radio, featuring a variety of spiritual topics such as psychic art, spiritualism, EVP, psychic development, and mediumship. This hit call-in show provides listeners with breakthrough wisdom to enliven and enlighten their lives. Visit spiritartgallery.net for show days and times.
2: Welcome back. I'm Dr. Pat. It's great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Dr. Joe is joining me here today and we're talking about healing is, uh, excuse me, heaven is for healing, a soul's journey after suicide. And, you know, for those of you out there, if you have questions, please feel free to call in. 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819 one 800 one You know, in, in the book that um, you wrote, Dr. Joe, I mean, you do take us on this journey. Um, and we get to walk with you every step of the way. And I was just commenting on one of the poems you, you had written in the book. But the start or the beginning the the beginning of your connection with your beloved brother Pete, right? Who committed suicide. How do you make sense of that connection and how do you explain it to people? Because generally we have so much stigma around those people that leave and as, uh, and leave especially you know with the uh, with the notion of suicide, right? that connecting with them uh, is not what we hear much about. But how did that happen for you?
1: Well, this is occurring in the context, first of all, of very deep love for him, and, and mm-hmm. besides being brothers, being best friends, uh, and I think love pierces any veil, so you have that. Uh, then um, I've worked for 25 years uh, at the Monroe Institute training workshops there and they teach very deep meditative techniques that pretty much anybody can do uh, and get into deep meditation within a half hour even if they're not skilled as a meditator or trained as a meditator and that allowed some access that uh, uh, might be kind of unique to me <clears throat> i have also done out of body traveling and that kind of work so uh, when Pete died Uh, initially, uh, it was coincidentally after the first Monroe Institute program called Lifeline to deal with soul rescue. It was about one week after I'd been a participant in that. Uh, And that set me up pretty much to say, hey, let me go see if I could find them and see if we could be of help. Um, Initially, other people helped a lot with that because when you're in very deep grief, you're you're so agitated and your energy is so messed up, it's hard to meditate. But as I settled down, I I knew some things. I knew that best to think of the person in their highest and finest, um, some essential quality of them, ask for contact, uh, go clear the mind, get into your heart, and uh, <clears throat> relax and open. Uh, And so doing that allowed, I think, some of the connections to be possible. I did use a very, uh, I think, one of the best channelers in the world, Mm -hmm. somebody that can contact easily into spirit, uh, Pam Hogan. And so her uh, words and her connections with Peter are also in the book. Um, And it was kind of, you know, with this cross-referencing gives you some confidence when People who never even knew Pete came up with the same type of information that I did about what was going on, those kind of things. Um, and the people around me, in terms of the explaining, like I mentioned, my mom uh, had pretty strong Catholic beliefs. Yeah. Uh, when I shared these things with her, uh, she seemed highly interested, and uh, because I think it gave her the possibility that her son was not suffering he was okay. And so, uh, you know, I'm pretty selective who I would share things with. Right. Back then, you know, I wasn't uh, as public as I am now. Um, and other people had their level of psychic experience, which I found as a psychotherapist in 30 years after someone dies, almost always loved ones report something. It might be seeing them in a dream. Um, one of the things uh My other brother, John, had happened to him before he knew the news. That day when he woke up, his pillow had blood on it. My brother had shot himself in the head uh, in bed. Um, And then when he went to church for the funeral, he felt like he was almost going to be pushed back through the back of the church with this huge, loving, compassion energy saying, He's with me now. Uh, So often, you know, spiritual connections and messages come in, the context somebody might be able to receive somebody mm-hmm. see, you know my wife lost a child at six years old to brain cancer yeah there were certain kinds of signs that would tell her her daughter erica was nearby mm. so some of those would be even physical like two go to gold finches seem to show up a lot um so does that answer a little bit?
2: Well, you know, what I what I really um, love about this is, and I want to share it with um, our listeners, is there's so much uh, open-ended in situations like this. You know, there's so many questions from the family, from the friends, that many don't see the alternative that you saw. And I think that's what today's show is about and also what the book is about. It's really to shed some light on what is possible if, in fact, this is what happens in a family. Um, and, you know, part part of this, too, is your uh, absolutely unwavering love that said, wait a minute, I'm not done with this. And, you know, seeking out... Um, a way to connect because that way of connecting and that connection you made, that became really the life changer, didn't
1: it? Yes. It, it helped me a lot to process grief, though the grief is still very savage um, and uh, put me along on a journey that's taken the next couple of decades of my life here. To see why good people sometimes go off track and what is needed to have a good life, and the manifest one. Uh, so it interwove with my life path quite a bit. Uh, you know, I think many people have the great love for a loved one who's passed, but they may not think contact's possible, or they may be concerned if they did, they would be tricked by the spirit world and be in touch with bad energies. Yeah. Or they, you know, they they may. Uh, have all these different ideas uh, so their love might be there but their feeling of possibility that normal people not some kind of big psychic wearing a turban could have some pretty regular contact that, that could be new to them and mm-hmm. yet uh, the methods and technology, knowledge we have now with meditation and uh, almost the science of contact uh, the verifications we're getting of uh life after death uh and perhaps even reincarnation later <clears throat> are mounting dramatically uh so you know at uh University of Virginia for example the uh the data bank i think is four or five thousand cases of mm-hmm. reincarnation well documented yeah so you' aware of you know yeah.
2: Well, I mean, the question that I that one of the questions I want to ask you is, you know, after you made the connection with your brother, um, many many things happened. You talk about them in the book, but my question is, how did it change you in terms of what you started to question about life and death?
1: Though I had been raised Catholic, I had. Uh... I don't know. My word would be expanded. Uh, my beliefs beyond the most narrow and dogmatic parts of that. Uh uh-huh. Even as a youngster, i had had a lot of uh, spontaneous oneness experiences and read a lot about Christian mystics and had more of a loved based religion rather than a judgment based one.
2: Uh huh.
1: Um, and felt like, uh, any God as we are being taught, you know, loves us like his own children. Um, uh, it didn't make logical sense for me that uh, a loving parent would consign anybody to hell for all eternity, for example. Um, yeah. So there was that. Um, what there was residual, even though you know you say, "Okay, I'm beyond certain beliefs." It was very powerful to know at a deeper level that we every experience we do is treasured. Um, that there is no judgment there, that there's great compassion for us um, and great respect for our life choices. Um, I began to see the cost of fear, so now I have a mm-hmm. sign on my door that says, Fear is expensive, love is priceless, choose wisely. Because it seemed to be fear was the main thing that clouded love, and that our natural state is to be a very loving beings. So even if we look at right now, say terrorist activity, I think the average was six people in the United States the last 10 years each year died in a terrorist attack by a foreign terrorist, Mm -hmm. and 400,000 died with medical mistakes in a year, and yet we're giving up our freedoms. We now can be uh, uh, taken away without arrest and put somewhere where our family doesn't know with no legal representation just because the fear is running so high that we might be attacked by a terrorist, and so it's really taught me the price of fear I think for my brother that's what finally did him in was just fear of not being able to do any better fear he wasn't deserving fear that it would always be the same in terms of the suffering he was doing or experiencing uh, so you know I guess Dr. Pat I used to meet fear with courage you know you're supposed to stiff upper lip and Get ready to do battle, now, right? Now I melt fear with love, and it's a lot easier to do. Right,
2: it is a lot easier, and yet at the same time, it. I mean, let's talk about this when we come back. You know, yet at the same time, um, there is this notion. I think in the book you wrote something, and oh, here it is. It, and and this was part of part of the channel. And you said, this is what was said the power of the ego is most strong right before death. It attaches to those who are strongly involved with the dying person. It is these attachments on the passing of another that cause great distress for the survivors and the terrible sense of loss. And what I'm struck by, you know, in reading that statement is how now in the world. We are so involved and exposed in the media of what's happening all over the world that there are some, and many actually, you know this too, many that are very, very porous. Porous to life, porous to death. And, you know, part of this is, as as if I get this, you know, in reading your book, it is that we uh, develop these scars and you talk about it in uh, one of the poems, Tired and Tender, which we'll talk about when we come back. Um, we, I would love for those of you out there and just tuning in, heaven is for healing a soul's journey after suicide. When we come back, you know, more with Dr. Joe, more with the book. Uh, And we've got some gifts for those of you tuning in. We'll be right back. Tune in to the hit show, Mouthing Off with Chef Rossi. Chef Rossi mounts off about different subjects in pursuit of breaking down walls and opening up your minds. She and Dr. Pat banter back and forth, taking from the headlines of the day on subjects that reach beyond what goes on in the world into your hearts. And go to theragingskillet.com to find out more and let Chef Rossi know what's on your mind.
0: The Earth is an ever-changing being. Goddess Light shamanic healer Brie Gibbs guides us through the ascending worlds bringing forth knowledge and truth. As a light creator, she is here to provide new information needed at this time in our evolution. Join Bree as she shares messages from guides, spirits, ascended masters, goddesses, and others. Tune in the second and fourth Monday, 11 a.m. Pacific and Thursdays,
4: 1 p.m. Pacific for Silver Gaia Radio. Have you wanted to be intuitive or psychic, but thought those gifts were only for certain people? Hi, my name is Deb Acker. In addition to being the host of Truth Talk Radio, I'm an intuitive life coach and energy healer. I clear energy blocks to all areas of life, including intuition. Did you know that we're all intuitive but many times we receive certain messages in our childhood that block us from being able to tune into our intuition at all times what if you could clear these blocks to access your gifts and always know the truth in any given moment don't think it's possible i was there not long ago i thought only others had these gifts and you were either born with it or you weren't i now know we're all intuitive and you can clear the blocks that stop you from being able to access your intuition on all levels on the other side i now help others to become intuitive even psychic and if this resonates for you and you're ready to own your intuitive powers, I'd love to gift you with my pattern identification session. Simply contact me on the contact page of my website deborahacker.com. That's d e b o r a h a c k e r.com and let me know you heard about this gift through Transformation Talk Radio. I look forward to connecting soon. But long
0: as there are stars you, you never need your daddy i make you
2: so sure about it. God only knows what i without you. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to Dr. Pat's show. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate all of you tuning us in and turning us on. Um, you know, heaven is for healing, a soul's journey after suicide. Dr. Joe, uh, first of all, thank you for joining me here today. Um uh, what is the best way for people to find out more about you and how can they get a copy uh, of the book and of your CDs?
1: Sure. Well, a uh, book is on Amazon, but the easiest way to get closer to what I'm doing is using the book's title, heavenisforhealing.com. And that will take you to the book page of my main website and then there, there's many articles that are for free to read about different things, and as you mentioned, many CDs, including one called Ocean Heart that it develops particularly after this book to help people with letting go of deep grief um, and any feeling of loss or betrayal. But strangely, uh, Dr. Pat it's also seeming to be really good to help handle all the stress in society right now that people are feeling and take them out of fear about that. That's called Ocean Heart. I do want to mention another number. This is the Suicide Prevention Hotline. It's 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255, in case anybody listening has someone they know or themselves uh, where suicide is on their mind at this time. I call that number a couple times as a test. Each time somebody very compassionate and intelligent uh, and wise answered the phone on the first ring. So it's a good number.
2: Awesome. Wow, well, thank you. Um, one of the things I didn't talk about, and I want to mention it, is throughout the book, um, you have written some very powerful poems. Uh, I believe they're very powerful. Um, the one that uh, I, I was touched by here Uh, is called Tired and Tender. And it was written January 20th, 1992. Um, And the first line, the first line, uh, first verse, death leaves the living tired and tender. I I was so struck by that. And yet at the same time, shouldn't it be like that? Shouldn't it be like that? And I, it's like, what would be the alternative to it? And I'm just kind of putting that out there, not that there is an alternative to it, but there's a finality to the way we look at death. That's not exactly what you're talking about here. You're giving us another alternative, aren't you?
1: Yes. And, and again, at a human level, uh, that tiredness and tenderness opens us up Uh uh, to the grieving process, and it's part of the grieving process, and it is totally appropriate, and it's it's not to be capsulized. You know, I mentioned my wife's experience with their child.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, some our society says grief should take about a year, and then you throw away the black right. cloak, and then you go on. Uh-huh. Many different kinds of death uh, may take much longer than that, and still be within a very normal, uh, good healing grief process. Uh, What we're looking for is just not to get stuck over and over in something like victim or anger, but see yourself moving along. Uh, And eventually the tiredness and the tenderness go away because we are strong creatures. Uh, But it can take a good bit longer than society would like to give you. And in suicide particularly, we touched on this just a little, there's so much woulda, coulda, shoulda agonizing, about how could things have been different if I did something different, et cetera. Did I love this person the way they needed to be loved? That that uh, you're in computer terms, your CPU, central processing unit, your brain is going over time. Uh, you know, just like a computer, everything else slows down when it's processing too much information. Uh, so you have this... Uh, hugely mental whirling around Uh, and if you can move into the heart that's where the healing can really progress rapidly and um, yet the natural reaction of grief is to shut down and constrict so you won't be hurt again and much of the loss we feel in isolation is because we've closed our heart off so we won't be hurt again if we can open up to what I call your ocean heart and see your heart is a vast ocean of love, uh, storms might be on the surface, but deep within there's some peace uh, that's connected directly to God's source, if you will. If you can use that kind of an image, then you can ride, you know, I've ridden through the death of both parents, my brother John, several others since my brother Pete's death, with much less of a tired tender than that that poem reflects. Uh, but it is a normal thing to feel.
2: Yeah, you no, know, no, the journey that you talk about in the book. Um, I want to ask you about uh, how this has become uh, for you and for your brother, how this has become a healing journey. You know, what aspects of it uh, that, you know, maybe the listener who hasn't read the book is wondering wait a minute, how is this? How is heaven uh for healing? where's the healing journey in this, especially if people are in sorrow?
1: Yeah, well, sorrow can be part of the healing yeah On his his point of view as he as he left and settled down and rested and what have you, then for the last twenty five years, there's learning about how his life would have been with different choices, uh why he's being held in great compassion. There are, uh, he wanted to kind of come back into physical life, say, knowing what I know now. And they said, hey, why don't you just park yourself on the observation plane? They called it for a while. So he could see how other people handled the real difficulties in life. Uh, then almost a classroom-like situation to learn how uh, almost on a biochemical basis, love works, masculine energy, feminine energy work. Much learning. And, and then eventually, uh, beginning to meet with guides and counselors to plan a, di- a new life that would take his learning further. Um, there even one surprise for me is there was a the possibility of lives that were not physical or you have to have a physical body, but that you could have much experience. We might call like almost a vivid dream where you could learn much. Um, as well without even coming back to the planet. So he's probably going to do that kind of an Olympic training to be in better shape to handle the high challenges that are here when he eventually came back. For me, I learned, you know, as a therapist, I knew a lot, but deep inside I wanted to rescue people, and I learned that even with great love poured, there is um, a respect for the individual's choice that needs to be there. Uh, even if that choice involves something as horrific as suicide from our perspective. Um, so I learned to move from a rescuer to an inspirer, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and um, I continued to get challenges with that. I could do it in my own life a little better than with clients, but if your own child is suffering, you know, you really want to get in there and drive their car to a better place. And so that learning continues. About how to be very lovingly present for another but respect their choices as individuals. Yeah. That's been healing for me. It's taken me out of the rescue role, which was actually probably would have burned me out as a therapist eventually, and given me great energy where I can respond in the world in a win win way where I have much greater joy myself Mm -hmm. and still seem to be able to help quite a few people.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the journey continued in the book. I mean, one of the things I was struck by is one of the, the sessions that was done in December of 2015. And, you know, I pulled a, a, a sentence from the, the, this, which I would love to talk to you about when we come back. And the sentence was, and emotions can be moved from one state to another by mental power. Now, that is interesting to talk about as well. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Dr. Joe, I'm Dr. Pat. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you ever feel as if you're working twice as hard but only getting half as far? Are you trying to connect with your path in life and finding it elusive? Mainstream Metaphysics Radio is a weekly call-in show where we harness our connection with the universe and use what is in our power to affect change for optimal success and happiness. This hit show bridges the divide between what is and what we do not know. Eve named one of the country's top psychics also known as the MBA Psychic, invites you on this journey for this live calling show with readings, featured guests, leaders, and visionaries in both business and spiritual callings. So join Eve Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com as she takes metaphysics mainstream. For more information about Eve, visit EliteTarot.com. That's EliteTarot.com.
5: Are you tired of being bloated and nauseous? Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Did you know eating unhealthy foods eventually leads to an unhealthy digestive system? Did you know eating the most healthy, nutritious food doesn't necessarily result in a healthy body? The stomach must be healthy in order to properly digest, metabolize, and utilize even the best of nutrition. Without proper digestion from the stomach through the intestinal tract, the nutritious value is not absorbed and the improperly digested food can be more toxic to your body than helpful. You can be doing all the right things and getting all the wrong results. In fact, other organs may also be interfering with your stomach's ability to digest. Contact us today for your appointment at 888-777-4232. That's 888-777-4232 or visit us at maryjanemack.com.
3: Thrive is what we experience when our mind, body, and soul operate as one. When we thrive, we excel on all levels. Thrive is the mindset that matters. It is essential to our being. Have you ever found yourself looking for the instruction manual on how to thrive? You'll find everything you need to help you feel strong, powerful, and peaceful in your own body. So don't waste any more time. Visit thrivebyjen.com today. Are you feeling stagnant or blocked in your love life, career, health, or finances? Experiencing difficulty focusing or setting and achieving goals? Tune in to Spiritual Diagnostics Radio with psychic visionary healers Carol Dorian and Justice Welling. Discover the cause and effect of unwanted patterns in life. Tune in every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. For more information, visit SpiritualD.com.
2: Hey, everybody, it is so great to be connecting with all of you. Benny, I love that song. Did you go a little old school on me with that right there? Just a hair,
3: not too far back.
2: Okay, not too far, but you're right, just just a little bit back. Boy, I love that song. Um, Welcome back, everyone. Uh, You're listening to The Dr. Pat Show. For more information about me, you can certainly go to thedrpatshow.com. For more information, Dr. Joe, what's the best way for people to find out more about you?
1: Uh, going to heavenisforhealing.com, that website will take you right to the book, and also my general website will be there. So uh, heavenisforhealing.com is a great way.
2: And for those of you, uh, listen, if, if you call into the show here right now, we're going to give you a copy of the um, a CD from Dr. Joe. It's a meditation for healing CD. It's amazing, Ocean Heart. Um, So give us a call, 1-800-930-2819. Okay, so as I said, Dr. Joe, the journey continued. And as I got towards the later part of the book, I came across, you know, a a channel uh, message. And I hung on this sentence, and emotions can be moved from one state to another by mental power and I really thought about that and I thought that back on my life that is a sentence that little point that's made there is a point with a punch Um, how did that come up in the challenge if you could in the channel if you could share and what are your thoughts on that
1: yes so it came up and my brother Pete was reflecting that while here negative emotions can seem interminable and things can seem so intense, but from his perspective on the other side, this is like a blink of the eye. So he could see emotions being very powerful, but very short-acting, really. And then he was beginning to understand that our perspective, how we chose to look at a situation, would change a good bit how we experience the situation. So if we went into righteousness and victim, for example, we could perpetuate thoughts that would keep us feeling injured. If we went into a forgiveness mode, um, we could let go of that, more easily shift and move on to something else. So a lot of it was, you know, perspective. And, uh, you know, there's stories or allegories in our lives about the perspective. Farmers' child breaks a leg. Everybody says, oh, that's horrible. But then the army comes through and they don't recruit him because his leg is broken. Oh, that's wonderful.
2: Right. So,
1: so as adults, we can begin to engineer and generate our own perspectives on things uh, and and take the one that allows us to move forward in the most positive ways we can. So I think that's at least what the thing meant to me was, yes, we can engage our great uh, intellects and will. To say, I'm going to interpret this in a way that's empowering to me, rather than that makes me victim or something else.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right about that, because, you know, and you and I started the conversation uh, earlier about talking about life. And, you know, it's so funny because the other day, I think it was yesterday, I was uh, interviewing a woman and I and we were talking about life and her fabulous book she wrote and encouraging people to write fiction. And I said something like everything. I ever needed to know about life i learned selling hot dog from a hot dog cart hmm. and it came out of my mouth just like that and that's actually pretty true um and you know later on she and i talked about it a little bit and she said well how did you learn integrity from that i said oh that's easy I would never sell the hot dogs, right? You know, like you ever know what that hot dog looks like that's been sitting in that cart for about two and a half hours in that water? Yeah. It's like gray, right? Yeah, It's like gray. So I would never sell them. And actually I got fired from that job from not selling the gray hot dog. So at the end of my, my day with the hot dog cart, I would throw all the gray hot dogs away. And actually I would give them to the dogs And my boss saw me one day. So that's how I learned about integrity. Um, You know, the other thing is, I don't know if this is true, but here's my question for you. Is life complicated or do we make it complicated?
1: I think um, I would use the term like uh, something like life is grandly abundant in detail. Yeah, you know, in many ways um but in terms of things that could be our compass in life that we could set sail to and get where we want to go, there I think it does simply boil boil down to vote for love over fear. And or and some, you know, things like that that are pretty simple to remember and maybe hard to practice, but but can be great guideposts for us, you know, like your hot dogs uh, idea. If you live your life under the principles you do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, um, blessed are the merciful, Yeah, um, those kind of things, you could probably write a great life guide on the back of your hand.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, wow. Uh, well, first of all, again, let me thank you for today. Let I me mean, thank you for the journey that you've um, enabled us to join you in and be part of. There's so much wisdom in what's written here. Um, I know we didn't even cover it all. I mean, there were so many so many things I had underlined in here, um, so many comments, so many things that were said um, by Pete. Um, it, it's amazing how the voice of someone that we believe to have been gone uh, can, can ring true. And I want to ask you one last question about that. Sure. You know, what is it that you've learned from this experience? What is the most important thing that you want to share about your journey, your lessons here?
1: I think it's given me a a complete knowing that all death, no matter what form, leads to light or can lead to light. Mm -hmm. And that every drop of experience we have is treasured. And that uh, it's absolutely wonderful over there. And um, don't worry, we'll get there. So stay here. Because when thought of the right right way, with having the correct action to life here... Even things we consider very painful here, there's such incredible beauty and learning and ability to love here that life on planet Earth is a great gift, even though it can be challenging.
2: Mm. Thank you so much for today. Again, one more time, if you would, please let us know the best way to find out more about you.
1: Sure. Going to heavenisforhealing.com. We'll take you to the uh, book, which uh, all the books I sell are signed, and also all these other products like Ocean Heart CD that we've mentioned. And uh, uh, there's lots of information on that website in general that I think you'll find helpful, evidenceforhealing.com.
2: I love it. Thank you so much for today. And um, personal message, what would you like to leave us with here, Dr. Joe?
1: I hope everybody today opens their heart a little more, and maybe with that idea of ocean heart, can feel that doing so makes them stronger, not weaker. That makes them less vulnerable, and they're more in touch with spirit.
2: Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you all for tuning us in, turning us on. And, you know, one of the things I love is that I get to be in the presence of all of you so that hopefully something you hear today Something maybe you've seen today in our Facebook Live video will help you create the most amazing, amazing life. The life you truly desire. We'll see you next time.
4: The audio was via a Skype.